One thing that I say about our generation, which is Generation X, that I'm really proud of and I think we benefited from, and maybe they're not getting this as much, we were known as the latchkey kids, Mm -hmm. where it was both parents were working, figure it out for yourself. I don't think there's enough of that these Mm -hmm. days. It's more like, oh, poor you. Oh, yes, God, this is so terrible. Mm -hmm. And then that just further gets reinforced via media outlets. That's where I think that resilience gets suffocated. Right. And it's so interesting because who's raising those kids? It's probably Gen X. It's TikTok. TikTok is raising those kids. Time to cope on the couch already again. Hello, everyone. It is Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. She, a licensed mental health therapist. I, with a long time history of having been a mental health patient. And we continue to live in crazy times. I think a lot of people said, oh, 2020, I can't wait till it's over. Mm. 2021 has not been much better. And speaking to this, I've been watching all week on NBC Nightly News and on the Today Show. They've been profiling the pandemic and how it is affecting children. And while I will never belittle anybody's mental health experience, I'm starting to notice a pattern here where I think we are in some ways inadvertently creating people who feel like they are victims and that there is no way out of this. And I don't think that's necessarily a responsible way to go. And where I saw it cross the line was when I was talking to my own 21-year-old who at one point said to me, our generation has had it harder than any other in the history of the world. And then I said, okay, it is time to hit the brakes here. Because you have to give them tough love. You have to also let them see how to get through something that is problematic without them feeling like a martyr or feeling like there's nothing that they can do and that they are powerless. And sometimes you never see people saying this anymore. You got to say, look, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> like Things could be a lot worse. And the example that I used with him was my grandmother, who at the age of 16, decided to leave Ireland for a better life in the United States of America. She had to say goodbye to her screaming parents who were begging her not to leave. Mm. She never saw them again. She hopped on a boat where the vast majority of the people on the boat sailing to America died. She got here. She ran into... Irish need not apply, all that racism Mm -hmm. and everything else, and all kinds of abject poverty. Incidentally, she was alive for the 1918 flu pandemic when they didn't have nearly as much in the way of medical knowledge that we have now. Mm -hmm. No sooner was she here that she hit the Great Depression. Soon after that was all getting straightened out, you had the rise of Nazi Germany, Hitler, the Holocaust, which she witnessed. She had friends who stormed the beach on D-Day at Normandy and lost their lives. I could go on and on and on. The dawn of the Cold War, the nuclear Mm -hmm. drills, and all of those other things. Incidentally, all of that without Netflix, TikTok, Mm -hmm. and all these other great things that kids have now. She was the most well-adjusted person I had ever seen in my life. Never thought that she was a victim at all. And I think we need to start thinking more about those people and the hardships that they've endured and how those things can build character. And Courtney, I think you'll agree with me being the same age as I am. When I look back on my life, it has not been without challenges, but I will tell you that every single challenge that has come my way 
That's where I've learned most of life's lessons. Mm-hmm. That's where I have grown as a person, and it has helped to establish my character. And if we're going to do the snowplow helicopter parenting thing and try to make these kids feel like, oh my God, you're just such a victim and all of this, he's upset because he can't do the college thing. My grandmother didn't finish high school. Mm-hmm. She didn't have the money to send my dad, my aunt, or my uncle to college at all. None of them got that experience, and yet somehow you think because you're on a Zoom conference now, and that's what one of the things on NPC Nightly News was, oh my God, these poor kids, how can they manage this? Right, right. And it's so interesting because the thing is, yes, you want to be able to give support to the kids and you want to empathize with them and really validate their experience and what they're going through. But like you said, it can be very helpful to bring in other perspectives and not to invalidate them, but to help them to see that this is human suffering and the things that we get through. A lot of times that can build our resilience. And that is so important to remember because that is something that can actually help to empower us and help us to move forward. And I think right now what you're pointing to is that maybe there's an overemphasis. We're trying to be empathetic and trying to help them and give them support, but we're forgetting in the mix about helping them to see where they are powerful, where they can make some choices, where they can maybe change some of the expectations about quote unquote how things should be and let's deal with kind of how things are and what opportunities come out of that. I think we're starting to live a little bit too much in the safe space world and the support animal and all Mm -hmm. this other stuff where before it was what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I think there is definitely something to that. But we are just so all about now blaming everybody else about our problems. We're victims and oh my God, there's nothing that I can do about that. And let's look at what the whole point of this podcast is, which is to tell people that you can get through a tough Mm -hmm. time and there are ways to do it. But if you're just going to sit there and say, I'm a victim, make yourself a martyr, your attitude might be, well, what's the point of even trying to get help? Because I'm living in the most difficult difficult time in the history of the world, forgetting that there were slaves. I mean, there's just been so many things that were so much worse Mm -hmm. than what everyone is going through right now. But I think we all like to think that it's our generation. It's like a pride thing. Oh, we've had it tougher than anybody else. When in reality, as time evolves, there have been so many improvements, technological Mm -hmm. and otherwise, things that aren't even on your radar as a problem right now was something that people were dealing with 24-7. Seven, mm-hmm. maybe even 50 years ago. Right. When people come to see me in counseling, there's a lot of times when there is a lot of being stuck in that victim mode. And we do have to give people time to figure through that and to have some supportive space around that. But it is true that a lot of times if you can help them and meet them where they are, but also to help them to open up to other perspectives, it can be helpful. Like you said, like sitting down with someone and explaining some of the family history in a way that's not trying to invalidate the person, but to help them to see like, hey, listen, this is something that maybe we can learn from. Like, how did they find the strength? How did they get through this? There's amazing resources, especially like you mentioned, in the family. There's our living relatives. When I sit down with my grandmother, who's 101, and she talks about the depression, and she talks about working the farm and taking care of her siblings when she was like five years old. It's like amazing the things that they talk about, and you're like, oh my gosh, the things that they went through. There's a lot that we can learn from other people if we can open it up 
up in that way of like saying, hey, look, you are having it tough, but other people have too, and this is how they pulled through it. I think that the issue becomes if we take a hard-nosed line with it, it can make people disengage from us and not listen to us if we're saying, hey, suck it up. Also, we have seen there's a backlash from that. When people feel like they're not validated, this is what happens. People end up in therapy. So we have seen a backlash to that, but maybe we're going the whole other direction in being too coddling sometimes. Well, that's where I said, too, it has to be a balance where you have to acknowledge, look, you didn't get to go to your prom and Mm -hmm. you didn't get to do your graduation. I can't sit here and tell you that I went through that because I didn't. That is terrible. But by the same token, we talk about some of the things that my grandmother went through and Mm -hmm. yours. And to this generation, when the Wi-Fi goes down, you would think the world had ended. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to give them that perspective. And sometimes you do have to say, hey, in this particular instance, suck it up, buttercup. Mm -hmm. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And please don't think that you have it so hard that you can't do anything about it, because when you have that attitude, that's when you get stuck in that rut. And I've even had to deal with this with people who have said to me, my family has a history of mental illness, so Mm -hmm. I'm genetically programmed to be this way. There is nothing I can do. When you start taking that defeatist attitude, Mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, all right, I got knocked down, how can I pick myself back up? That's where the problem starts. Being educated on, yes, definitely there's a lot of stuff that comes through family lines. There's actually very interesting work they've done around trauma that if different people in your family line, if your parent had gone through trauma, even if it wasn't related to you, they can pass that on to you. They well, can some pass of the that damage that has been the, done to them it's amazing. and has hurt them, mm-hmm. it gives them certain personality traits. And as you're being raised by a right. person who has those things, unbeknownst to you, to you, that's normal. Then but, suddenly that becomes your normal. Right. They've also shown genetically, though, which is very interesting, like a mother can pass that on to a child just genetically because their genetics were changed through the trauma. So they passed it on to the child, Hmm. which is pretty amazing stuff. But even knowing all of this and how we can be affected in our family line, and I do a lot of education with clients on this, too, about being careful of if you have substance abuse or if you have mental health issues in your family and that kind of thing, to empower them to know, like, okay, there's healthy choices that you can make so that it can help you to lower some of the risks that are going on. So I think that's another part of it is to understand it, to educate yourself. And that could be in that part, too, is educate yourself on some of the things that people have gone through and gain a perspective on that, on what you are grateful for, gain a greater perspective. Because I think that's part of what you're saying is they need to have a widened view of things rather than the narrow view of just what they're going through in this time and space to have a bigger view. But yeah, I think that comes with education and having people around you that can let you know what other people have gone through, too. And let's also realize, too, and I've worked in media for going on 30 years, Mm -hmm. let's recognize the fact that what is being put out there is designed to get clicks, to put eyeballs Mm -hmm. on screens, and not necessarily to do the healthiest thing for everybody. And everybody way more wants to hear, the sky is falling, woe is me, there's nothing Mm -hmm. I can do about it, as opposed to, hey, you know what? You actually, by comparison to people who came before you, don't really have it all that hard. And I think there is this other problem where there is this disassociation and this removal from society. We were having a discussion on our radio show earlier this week about people who were texting each other from inside the house as opposed to having real conversations. And I said to you how you don't drive around anymore and see kids playing wiffle ball. Mm -hmm. Everybody is all about this information age and what's on your phone and what can you find out here. A lot of that stuff isn't necessarily designed to help you. And there Mm -hmm. isn't anybody stepping in and saying, hey, snap out of 
of it because they're not benefiting from that in any way whatsoever. Right. And that's interesting that you say that because I was watching some of the clips that you had talked about from the Today Show about the parenting and how the kids are doing. And one of the things they talked about is there was a disconnect between how stressed the kids were saying they were and how stressed the parents thought that the kids were. There was a disconnect there and the kids were reporting that they were more stressed than the parents really knew about. And some of that was because the child just didn't want to go to the parent and say, these are some of my concerns. But what they talked about is the parents also need to disconnect from their phone, from mm-hmm. their you know tablet, Absolutely. from the things that are getting their attention. Because you see this more and more. When people have a moment to do something, instead of just being in the moment and just seeing what unfolds like with the child or someone else in your life, they're grabbing the phone. And you see this all the time. You just have one second to spare. You grab the phone. What they're saying is to make sure the parents are disconnecting from the phone so they can connect with the child and kind of model that behavior for the kids and to really have those times to sit down and talk to them because again it really comes from validating and understanding where they're coming from before you can go into other perspectives you need to actually be there with them in that moment and see what's going on and what is causing some of these problems for them so I really liked how that was all right let's all get on the same page let's all admit it's not about the kids and the phones the parents can be doing just as much of that too well big picture this speaks to exactly what I was saying about this when we were having the conversation on the radio how I don't like this hey we're texting each other from inside the house Mm -hmm. because if you're not having a face-to-face interaction with your children it can be very easy to not pick up on Mm -hmm. what the emotion is behind a text we say that all the time too about emails well Mm -hmm. I was saying it this way but you perceived it this way (laughs) and if we're all so tied into our phones and not human interaction and not getting outside and throwing a frisbee around every once in a while Mm -hmm. and I even talked about when my wife came into my life I'm very reclusive but I'm also somebody who recognizes how important communication is and the interpersonal stuff as opposed to hey I'm too lazy to get up I'm just going to do this on the phone I was concerned because our child was also very social and I thought well he's going to have friends over here all the time but that doesn't <laughs> you're bracing yourself for that <laughs> and the problem is that doesn't happen because yeah. he's also doing the FaceTime with mm-hmm. them and if the parents are doing the same thing you're not going to accomplish anything you're just going to make all of this worse. So I think we need to stop obsessing about all of these things that we're just getting from media outlets through technology and everything else that we're getting through technology. Mm -hmm. The most effective exchanges that we have with him are we sit down and we talk for hours. And then that way, there is no question as Mm -hmm. to what is bothering him. I'm not interpreting something in a wrong way. And when I'm trying to talk to him, if he picks up his phone, Put it down. Right. We are having a conversation mm-hmm. right now. We are all too distracted. And this is where the advancements in technology aren't doing us any favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making a point to say, hey, let's create this space so that we can just talk. The kids, it's too easy for them to avoid it. I've had friends to be like, where's the kids? Oh, they're upstairs in their rooms. They're always up there. Nobody's trying to make the effort to be like, get your butt down here. We're having dinner together. Then we're going to have a discussion on Thursday nights or whatever. I know with my stepkids, I was always like, nope, we're having dinner together a few nights a week. We're sitting down at a certain time and this is what we do. There's been numerous studies about how strengthening that is and especially having a certain time that you sit down and talk. Once it's expected and it's routine, the kids get used to that and they get used to being able to communicate what's going on with them. Then you can tell better like, okay, when things kind of change or their mental health kind of goes a different way, then at least you know what the baseline is and you can talk to them about it. When the kids are 
isolating and texting and doing all this other stuff where they're not face to face with you, you can't tell as much. You're like, oh, I think they're fine. There's no telltale if they're out there and they're doing all the work with school and they're doing well with that. It's like sometimes it's hard to tell. You're not seeing some of the signs. And here's where I really think it has become a problem. I remember, and I've mentioned this before, someone was telling me about how we all approach our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. You get up in the morning and you put the TV on. Then you get in the car and you put the radio on. And what this person said to me was, look at what that represents. These are distractions from everyday life because everyday life can get to be very difficult. So sometimes you want to pull yourself out of it with a book, with a Mm -hmm. radio show, with a podcast, with a television show. But I think the problem that we're seeing now is distraction is the biggest. Everyday life is taking Mm -hmm. the backseat and distractions are everything. And it's Mm -hmm. all because of these stupid devices, the video games with it and the FaceTiming and the socials and everything else. But now life is all about distractions and not having healthy exchanges Mm -hmm. with anybody. Yeah, that's what they say. The habits that you have, that is what your life is made up of. So when you look back on your life, it's like all of these habits, one after the other. And are they nourishing? Are they helping you? Are they empowering you? Are they helping you move forward? Or are they distracting you, like you said, from other things? Sometimes we do need to sit with the hard stuff. We do need to tackle that stuff. It helps us to move forward and helps us to see where we may have some blocks against some things and be like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. Well, that might be just the thing you need to deal with so that you can make a breakthrough and move through something in your life. But there's too many distractions that we could just be like, "Ah, I'm not going to deal with that right now. Or I don't want to have that hard conversation with somebody. Or I don't want to deal with that difficult emotion. So I'm just going to distract myself. And distractions can be helpful. In in counseling, we do talk about some things that we can do to distract when emotions are too high and too heavy, but it's all about the balance. There's sometimes you need to sit and you need to feel, you need to express, and you need to be in that moment. And for as much as you can use perspective to say to your child, hey, you think that you've had it harder than any other generation, and I can throw it back to my grandmother Mm -hmm. and talk about every single hardship that she had. You know what else she didn't have? And this speaks to the simpler time and Mm -hmm. what is the problem with all of this technology right now, she had to deal with all of those things head on. Mm -hmm. She didn't have streaming services. She didn't have video games. She had to live in the moment and figure out how to get through it, which made her tougher and I think gave them, in a lot of cases, more character Mm -hmm. and a better ability to be able to kind of work through this stuff as opposed to, I don't want to deal with it, Mm -hmm. what's on Netflix right now? If that becomes all-consuming, then you're not being consumed about what is wrong with yourself. And again, as we say with this podcast, that's where therapy can come in to help you. Exactly. If you feel like it's too much for you to deal with it on your own and the emotions are coming fast and furious and you find yourself looking for all different ways to distract yourself from the stuff that's going on inside of you, that's definitely a sign that you really should sit with someone, a professional, who can help you sort through all of that stuff. Sometimes you just need someone who's there to listen not judge, give you some feedback, but keep it open and be like, okay, where do you want to go? Because our families are well-meaning, our friends are well-meaning, but sometimes they have a certain agenda or like I say to people, I can't be the therapist to my stepkids because I'll be like, no, this is what you should do because it affects (laughs) me because I care about them so much that I want them to do what I think is right, but that might not be the thing that's the best thing for them. So it's one of those things where it gives you that space to be able to just express yourself and to really be honest with yourself. I think the most magical moments that I have as a therapist is when I can ask those questions that the person really goes, oh my gosh, you know what? And they come to their own aha moment because they were 
allowing themselves to not be judged, whether it be by other people or their inner critic in their head that shuts them off before they're able to really fully express something. And they go, wow, I never realized that. And they have these moments. And that's where the magic is, because it's not about me telling them what to do or some brilliant insight, although I have a few of those, Brian. I'm sure you do. Uh, I've seen them firsthand. <laughs> Once in a while, I come out with a good one. But just to see them, and I say, that's the magic right there. You having that space to be able to sort through this and having someone who's going to hold that space for you. And that's the brilliant thing about therapy. And so I think that, especially if parents are seeing that some of the kids are going through this or they're going through it or they don't know how to hold a space for their kids, then definitely get some help around this. I have a handful of clients that are dealing with their kids who are so up and down right now with doing the virtual learning. Some kids, they do great with virtual learning. Some kids do horrible with it. They're so distracted. They're all over the place. They're playing video games, ignoring their studies. There's so much going on right now to get some of that help and also to look at that resilience. Like, how can you build resilience? It's not just that it's inborn, but you can actually enhance your resiliency too and help you to feel more empowered so you don't feel victimized. Through therapy, I had to teach myself how to get through things. And I even have said that in the past. I walked in, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm listening to everything that you say because Mm -hmm. I am clueless. And people, I think, have too much pride sometimes to do that. And to speak to perspective and to speak to the generations. The podcast that I did prior to this one talked about generational differences. And I think some of the disconnect, the upbringing of these kids is so much different from what we went through when we were coming up. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I say about our generation which is Generation X that I'm really proud of and I think we benefited from, and maybe they're not getting this as much. We were known as the latchkey kids, Mm -hmm. where it was both parents were working, figure it out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And how many times have you taken a new job where the training wasn't all that great, but they just kind of threw you into the fire, and at the beginning you're just like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. (laughs) But you learn it really quickly, and you figure it out for yourself. I don't think there's enough of that these Mm -hmm. days. It's more like, oh, poor you. Oh, yes, God, this is so terrible. Mm -hmm. And then that just further gets reinforced via media outlets and everything else. And that's where I think that resilience and that building of character at times gets suffocated. Right. And it's so interesting because who's raising those kids? It's probably Gen X. It's TikTok. TikTok is raising those kids. (laughs) But it's interesting because say like what we went through and we do, we've learned a lot because we were just kind of like, hey, figure it out. But we also have those moments where it was like, oh, my gosh this is scary. I wish somebody would have figured it out for us or help us with it. And maybe when we're having kids, it's like, what did we do? We tried to coddle and help our kids more because we didn't want them to be kind of left out there like we were being like, what? How do I do this? Now, it's interesting. That's why I say is how it bounces back and forth. If we had the parent who was kind of like, this is the way it is, pull up your bootstraps, that kind of thing. We know that that may be harsh to us and feel that way because whatever our personality or however. So then we raise our kids a little differently and we might be a little bit more coddling. So it's interesting how this happens through the generations, how we're affected by something. We may take some of the good stuff from it, but we also may try to alter that and say, well, I don't want my kid to feel that way. And so then it changes. And with technology, you throw that in the mix. They're very different than how we were We said this last week, let them fall down. Mm -hmm. And the instinct is to run. And they talk about this with screaming babies. When Mm -hmm. you have the 
first kid, your right. instinct is to run in mm-hmm. every time. And if you do that, what does it say to the baby? Right. Even if I don't want to scream, I will scream because mm-hmm. I know it I makes know mom and dad come, come running. Yeah, they're going to take care of me. So then it becomes a boy that cried wolf thing. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes something that is disingenuous. And I think that's the path, too, that we have to be careful of here when we keep telling our kids, oh, my God, what can I do? How mm-hmm. can I fix it? Yes, it is so hard. Oh, you've had it so difficult. Oh, you poor thing. Again, creating that victim yeah. as opposed to somebody who wants to pick themselves up by their bootstraps right. or and as the wherewithal to do so. To do so. And the other component, too, is teaching them self-soothing because mm-hmm. we can't always be there to help soothe them. And I think a lot of parents are jumping in to try to help to calm them and to soothe them. But the best thing that we can do, which is kind of goes back to that scaffolding parenting that we had talked about before in one of our Wellness Wednesdays about how you build the kids up and you help them with supports and you help to teach them what they can also do to help themselves. So eventually when you are backing away as the child is growing and getting into adulthood, that they know how to take over and they know how to soothe themselves and calm themselves. And that's another component. We had to learn that because there was nobody around. So we were like, I guess I got to figure this out. How do I calm myself down and get myself through this? We need to teach our kids how to do this and that they do have this in them that they can empower themselves. I just want to give a shout out right now to who really taught me about the whole self-soothing thing, mm-hmm. and that would be Jim Beam. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, disclaimer, that's unhealthy soothing. <laughs> Not in moderation, Courtney. <laughs> well, we've covered a lot of ground, as always, and hopefully we've opened up some eyes for not only the Gen Zers, but mm-hmm. maybe the parents of those Gen Zers who, at times, are part of the problem. Right. And maybe you're also singing Kelly Clarkson in your head, what doesn't kill you make you stronger, because she was saying that at the beginning, and it's been playing in my head this whole time. Oh, well, you're welcome for that, Airworm. (laughs) Hopefully, that'll be gone by episode 39, but I make no promises. That Kelly, she gets a grip on you. She never lets go. She doesn't. Oh. Well, Courtney, if anybody has any problems on any front, the good news is they always have an ability to get in touch mm-hmm. with you. How do they do that? You can reach me, wellness at wctk.com. You can also go to our website, catcountry.com. We have a Wellness Wednesday page. We have all of our episodes. We have great resources there as well. Sit you big go! Sorry. <laughs> There's also at Cat Country Mornings on a lot of the socials out there. I have Brian Mulhern pages. She has Courtney Kelly, Courtney Kelly Bedard. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Libsyn on the smart devices as well. Tell a friend, leave a review. We look forward to seeing you yeah. next week. We'll figure out something else that's wrong. <laughs> we always do. And if we don't, you can also send us some suggestions yes, as well. Absolutely. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thank you. I want to talk about-